0: All right, super. So I guess we can get started.
1: Is is Greg there, though? Yes, Greg is here, too. Good.
2: Yes, I'm here. Hi, Keshav.
1: Hi, Greg.
0: All right, welcome, everybody. Uh, Greg, Keshav, uh, nice to have you here. Uh, We have an interesting setup today where Keshav is speaking uh, through Nathan's uh, Clubhouse account through a Zoom connection. So hopefully, bear with us if if there's any trouble uh hopefully we can get through and uh have the conversations we usually do um to those in the room so uh just yeah just letting you know also that we are recording this uh so if you come up to the speakers area at any point ask a question or join the conversation just uh know that you're you're consenting that we can use our uh, your voice and image in the recording So uh, welcome everybody to the uh, Longevity Biotech Show, where we interview scientists, entrepreneurs, thought leaders advancing the state of the art in longevity biotechnology, and how this is gonna impact us and the world in the decades directly ahead. Uh, We're also uh, gonna try to inspire you to uh, find a way to contribute as well through the stories uh, and insights that our guests provide so uh for uh, today uh, we're gonna do our, our standard format a uh, few minutes of intro from the people on the panel uh about half an hour for prepared q a and then uh audience questions until the closing of the hour with uh a few minutes for a lightning round at the very end and then after the first hour for anyone who can stay on we usually do an open-ended chat uh for as long as as we can go so, uh, Nathan, you want to start with, with an intro or Kashab I guess, on your end and then Greg and
1: Yeah. So I'll just introduce myself quickly. So my name is Nathan. I'm the uh, founder of LongevityMarketCap.com, and there's a, an associated newsletter there. Basically it's a once a week sort of roundup of all the interesting developments in longevity biotechnology. I'm also the founder of longevitylist.com, and that is a jobs board and um, sort of database for companies and uh, investors in the longevity space. So um, today we have uh, Yuva Biosciences and uh, we have uh, the co-founders, Greg Schmergel and Kashav Singh. Uh, it's a real treat and pleasure to have them here, uh, Kashav. Is a professor at uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham, and he's also one of the leaders uh, in mitochondrial research. But uh, I'll let him introduce himself. So Kashav, can you introduce yourself to the crowd?
3: Sure. Uh, So I'm delighted to be here, and thank you, Nathan and uh, Robert, uh, for having uh, us here. Uh, So I will just start, uh, you know, uh, my introduction from where I began. Uh, I did my undergraduate in India in microbiology, uh, fell in love uh, with cricket. So I went to Australia to do my PhD there in marine biology. And during that time, I came down to Woods Hole uh, to work on uh, some marine animals and uh, ended up uh, falling in love in that area and came back to do my postdoc. From there, my journey began to uh mitochondria when i joined the faculty johns hopkins and uh, at the time uh, mitochondria was not very much appreciated in fact uh, the notion was uh, that we know everything what we need to know about mitochondria and that is uh, mitochondria produce energy but i had certain other ideas uh, but uh, uh, it was very difficult at the time so i ended up starting a society for mitochondrial research and medicine in the united states and india basically Trying to bring scientists and physicians together to think about mitochondria and mitochondrial diseases. I also started a mitochondrial journal, uh, then uh, moved up to Roswell Park where I was working on photodynamic therapy and other related uh, mitochondrial uh, function and dysfunction in cancer. Uh, moved to uh, UAV, uh, as uh, uh, Bill Harwood and our chair uh, continue to work on mitochondria and in between, I wrote uh, three books uh, to promote mitochondria, and I think I will start there.
1: Great. Thanks, Khashoggi. Greg? Sure. Hi,
2: everyone. So I'm Greg Schmergel, and I'm a a serial entrepreneur. So I started several companies in a variety of, of fields, all related to Technology, so nanotechnology. Uh, one internet company, a uh, research services company focused on technology, and uh, in the in the last couple of years, I've, I've become very excited about the, the field of uh, longevity.
0: Uh, Greg, you're getting very soft or breaking up. Uh,
1: is that just just me, Nathan? Are, are you picking that up as well? yeah having a little trouble hearing greg at the end but uh i guess we'll we'll continue
2: oh. sorry moving closer to the router to see if that helps
1: oh yeah, yeah that's, that's much better. That's better okay so great thank you for your introduction i guess we'll get started um so the first part of our discussion we'll just sort of look at the uh the foundational science and the discovery behind Yuva Biosciences, and then um, I'll maybe ask you a couple of questions about what the commercialization effort uh, for Yuva Biosciences looks like, and then the rest of the discussion we'll just sort of chart out uh, the path of your journey from you know the start of the company to where you are now, so that we can give a sort of a template or a, a, a sort of step-by-step process. For other people who are thinking of starting companies, maybe they're you know academics just like Kashav looking for a co-founder, or maybe they're you know a serial entrepreneur like Greg who who's interested in longevity but needs to find uh, a co-founder. So I think it's just uh, a great idea to just you know share your journey and uh, just give an example for others to follow. So um so the first question will be uh, for Kashav, I guess um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the uh foundational science behind yoga
3: biosciences oh, absolutely so uh we started as i mentioned earlier trying to identify the role of mitochondria in cells and organs and uh, what happens when mitochondria don't work and what diseases uh it uh, uh, it relates to so it, about 10 years ago uh, i was uh, thinking about how we can do that uh, in cells where we do in vitro studies where we can grow cells and knock down mitochondrial function and we can do a lot of studies. But one other thing was that how do we identify the role of mitochondria in organ, or, organs and in whole animal. And given that the, the mitochondrial dysfunction is one of the hallmark of aging and is also a hallmark of cancer. So our idea was to um, knock down mitochondrial function in a whole animal and see what happens, whether they get cancer or get uh, show aging phenotype. And uh, so we designed uh, a, a, a method to knock down mitochondrial DNA. Uh, therefore, we can disrupt mitochondrial function. And when we did this experiment, uh, uh, what we were uh, actually excited about is that within four to six weeks, we see the mice show wrinkle and they saw uh, loss of hair. Uh, we did other studies and we will continue and I'll talk about that later, but that got really excited to figure out, well, how mitochondria may be playing a role uh, in, in, in skin wrinkles and, and hair loss. And then I think we published this story in 2018 uh, and it led to the uh, quite a bit of publicity around the world. Uh, it was covered in many magazines and newsweek and 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 so forth uh, and that led to discovering Greg. Uh, and i think i can tell you more about how we got together to form ua biases
2: sure so 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 you know keshav's work on the mouse model that he just mentioned was Covered very very extensively in the press worldwide in over over a hundred languages and 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 plenty of different publications uh, because it, it 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 was the first time that anyone had shown that direct link uh, between mitochondrial dysfunction and and skin aging and and hair loss. And so I, I uh, uh, had had already become excited about the, the, the longevity field, and uh, and and therefore got got in touch with with, with Keshav. And a, a key question, of course, was now that now that that link has been proven, uh, is there a way to prevent and reverse hair loss and skin aging? And Keshav had, in fact, uh, been already working on screening different compounds to see if they could prevent and reverse the the, the hair loss and skin aging and had already discovered some very promising compounds, Uh, one one of which, which is now the lead compound, had, uh, in fact, dramatic results. In, in almost fully preventing the hair loss and, and skin wrinkles and having a, a strong and visible effect in, in reversing it. So based based on that, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it made a lot of sense, of course, to start Yuva Biosciences and to march towards uh, commercializing that product. And uh, Keshav had been looking at both natural compounds and... Uh, uh drugs that had been previously approved for for other indications with other delivery mechanisms and uh, the the lead compound is actually a natural compound so that allows us to plan to go to market initially as a cosmeceutical a science-based cosmetics product uh which which uh means that it it, it does not have to go through the lengthy uh, uh fda approval process uh and 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 can go to market relatively quickly. So we're actually starting human trials on that lead compound over the next uh, couple months, and and we'll have results uh, uh, in, in 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 the early fall. And in the meantime, we're also working on building up the pipeline of compounds that can improve mitochondrial function, and have already identified several more compounds that are successful in uh, cell-based assays that have been developed uh, uh, in the UVA Biosciences Lab in Birmingham by our our uh, principal scientist, uh, Leo Aguilera Aguirre. And we are uh, uh, working on building up that pipeline, both, both for the skin and hair uh, indications, but there's also substantial promise in other areas because mitochondrial dysfunction is is a, a, the the cause of a large number of, of diseases and and uh is a contributing factor uh to uh an even even larger number of, of diseases and disorders and and of course to aging itself uh but i can i can Turn it back to Keshav to talk more about uh some of the other promising areas that uh the that, 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 such as ovarian aging that he's been studying in, 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 in his lab and has already uh, uh made some exciting publications about
3: sure. So uh one of the so you can imagine that you know the the, the role of mitochondria is not going to be restricted to what was we were told in the high school and undergraduate, other that is the powerhouse of the cell. It is the powerhouse of the cell. There is no doubt about it. But that powerhouse meant for heart and lung and and brain. But there are other subtle functions of mitochondria which has been unexplored. So what we found in the platform we have developed uh, that uh, these mice uh, show uh, ovarian aging or premature aging, and they uh, and. These are also unfertile. So what we are looking at is that taking the same approach, which where we have shown early on that when we reverse mitochondrial function by genetic means or by uh, by using pharmacological or natural approaches, uh, can be reversed or slow down or mitigate uh, some of these phenotypes. So ovarian aging is one uh, we are working on, uh, and as many of you may know. That the ovaries age faster than the actual age of the woman, uh, and there are five million mitochondria in uh, human oocytes, and they tend to vary in large in large number. So there is a very interesting mitochondrial biology related to ovarian aging, something we have published uh, very recently. And then uh, other uh, we're looking at uh, uh, the prostate aging. So as men get older, uh, you see the, the prostate uh, gets uh, large and bigger. And obviously, the large number of people who are above 65 or so uh, develop prostate cancer as well. So we're looking at that aspect as well. Uh, and again, in prostate, uh, what you have is a, uh, and an early literature, uh, which we are revisiting that prostate have a very, very different mitochondrial biology. They seem to have what we call truncated TCA cycle. So half of that energy producing system uh, isn't there. So then one can ask, well, what does it mean in terms of prostate biology? So these are things uh, in worse. We have other ideas as well, which we, we will continue. Uh, but I think first thing, uh, obviously, as our focus is the, the skin wrinkle and hair loss. And, and they are obviously be doing for vanity reason. But you also find that uh, chemotherapy induced hair loss and uh, skin wrinkles are also very prevalent in response to
1: treatment of uh, various different cancers. Yeah, totally. I I really like the idea of targeting skin aging first, um, mainly as a way to just convince people that it might be possible to reverse aging, because uh, I don't think that's something that most people believe is even possible, right? And and if you can reverse the skin, because it's you know so visible and so obvious, I think that will have like a large impact in just changing the public perception of, of what's possible in longevity biotechnology. But um, Absolutely. yeah, totally. So I think, uh, I guess my next question is going to take a look at sort of the process. So we've already looked at um, the foundational science, how it started. We know uh, what UVA Biosense is, is doing right now to commercialize and all your efforts, which are really promising, but let's uh, start filling in the gaps how did you get from uh point a to point b so so oh so hold hold on so then uh yeah so you started uh you have science um kishav uh met up with greg you guys decided to form a company what what was the next step like how how do you create a company
3: sure sure so
2: so, i mean the the easy part is of course you know legally forming a corporation uh but uh, uh, then, then there are a number of, of key steps that we had to go through. So, you know, first, first of all, was of course securing a license to uh, Keshev's patent uh, and and, uh, and and IP from the university. So we had to work with UAB to secure that license. Uh, we also, of course, had to uh, ha- had to start start raising money. Uh, so we we started a seed round and we we initially targeted a uh, million dollars for that seed round uh we're actually now 75% oversubscribed so we're at 1.75 million dollars raised in the seed round uh with a number of other uh investors who are in potentially interested in, in joining it at the moment as well so we'll probably probably go go even higher than that uh and and then of course uh, we had to open up our our own company lab uh which we did at the Innovation Depot in Birmingham, which is just down the street from Keshav's lab at UAB, so it's uh, easy for him to walk back and forth between them, uh, and uh, and uh, and and then uh, locate uh, 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 staff for the lab. So we 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 fortunately had a number of very very highly qualified scientists in the mitochondrial field uh, who, uh, who who knew Keshav or, or knew his work or, or both and so we had a lot of great applicants and and uh, were able to hire a very well very well qualified principal scientist with 20 plus years of experience in the field uh, to run the lab and uh, and, and then uh, we also added added to the team uh, 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 a fantastic director of operations and strategy, um, Saksham, who has a lot of experience in the uh, uh, in, in the medical field and worked previously in the, in, uh, in a medical uh, uh, VC uh, up in up in the Cambridge area. And uh, on, on top of that, then we also added a, a distinguished advisory board. Uh, which includes uh, Aubrey de Grey, includes Frank Jacks, who's the founder and executive chairman of ChromaDex, which is a public you know, nutraceutical company uh, that makes a, a product called True Niagen, uh whose sales have really taken off in the last few months, and uh, and and then uh, uh, two very distinguished professors uh, in the aging field, Bob Navio and Matt Caberline. So. You know that's that's a, a a quick summary there's even even more to it than that of course but it, you know, we had to kind of pull together all the all the all the pieces uh uh to to get to where we are now, which is you know again beginning the beginning the the, the human trials
1: uh-, sh- uh shortly oh, yeah great uh maybe I can dig in a little deeper so that the securing the patent from i guess the tech transfer office at uh university of uh alabama what was that like? So, so that, so that you know, with with any university,
2: you know, it's it's a lengthy process. So you have to plan, you know, plan for months of discussions, uh, and you know, fortunately, you know, UAB is is very supportive of of uh, uh, startups spinning out uh, of, of of UAB, and. Uh, and 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 so in, in, in that case, you know, there there's strong support and and, and and interest in in, in making it happen uh, from UAB and from the tech transfer office. Uh, and actually, uh, UVA even won uh, UAB Faculty Startup of the Year. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, that's that's a, a, a process that takes a while, and of course requires you know uh experienced uh, uh uh legal support as well from from a, a lawyer who's experienced in 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 license agreements and ideally has done university license agreements before so we we had that in place as well uh and and of course I've done a number of university license agreements before so uh so that's that's a uh a, a relatively you know relatively involved process
1: mm-hmm. yeah can you uh I don't know if you can share like numbers or anything like that because you know maybe it's confidential. But um, like, how long did it take? Did it? Did was it? Uh, maybe uh, if uh, if I'm a founder who wants to do something similar, how much capital should I have before trying to attempt to you know license this deal? Maybe you could share those details.
2: <laughs> uh, so so I mean I think it, it took uh,
1: it, you know generally generally it takes
2: you know somewhere on the uh, in the order of six to twelve months uh, so so I you know I think I think in this case we're all of that in terms of time uh, so 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 you have to be you know have to be ready to ready to spend a decent amount of time at it and it, it doesn't require that much capital just the legal fees uh, uh, in order to secure the license so you know that's that's that that, that can vary a lot but Certainly, in the in the you know thousands to you know low tens of thousands of dollars.
1: Okay, great. So okay, so you have the science, you've secured the license from UAB, and then uh, what happens next? I I, I know you mentioned um, hiring, getting like lab space, and all that, but um, did you guys have a plan about how much money you would need? need to start uh building up the company f- from that point on um what what were you guys thinking at that time
2: sure yeah definitely so we we definitely we worked Kashav uh, keshav and i worked on a detailed financial plan and uh our our, our, our original plan you know required uh a million dollars and then uh you know of course over over time as uh, as the the, the the interest in the seed round you know exceeded our, our expectations and we ended up raising more than that that then let us accelerate our plans and move faster to the human trials than expected as well as moving to uh, uh, expand the, the, the pipeline of compounds faster than expected as as well. But we, we had a baseline plan and then you know fortunately we we're able to, to go go above it and 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 and, and, and invest invest more
1: Great, yeah. So maybe uh, I'll ask Keshav this question. Um, So coming as an academic founder and uh, starting uh, basically a biotech company, um, when you're looking to uh, de-risk this idea uh, and figure out, okay, what kind of scientific um, experiments or trials we need to do to to continue progress in our company. Uh, maybe you could share some of your thinking uh, in the early days after the company was formed and what kind of uh, scientific work uh, you were thinking about that needed to be completed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, being an academic, you know, what we learn is how to go to NIH and get some money uh, and to continue our research. So my obviously the initial goal was okay. I you know done the work and I know it's a good science and it should get funded and NIH uh, obviously for whatever reason they think it's too simple or or whatever. So you know they it was not appreciated to put it this way. So I was more and more determined to find and close the the loose ends to figure out uh, you know what I do more science wise. Uh, in order for it to make it one understand uh, the uh, the mitochondrial biology in his skin wrinkle and hair loss and other things, and uh, see if I can find uh, certain compounds. Because when you come to uh, you know biotech, uh, these type of approaches are pretty standard. That okay, I can genetically reverse it. So people say, so what? You know, you manipulated few genes and you got this thing back. So we did a, a small targeted screening uh, with some educated science behind it. And long behold, we found this uh, this compound. So that led me to think, well, why worry too much about NIS funding now uh, when we can do it uh, better than bigger way? Uh, you know, we still can get some money from SBIR. Uh, but that that gave us the, the confidence. And and I had experience, you know, so far. In the context of um, you know non-profit things, I founded like mitochondrial research and Medicine Society in US and India, and I've been seeing this uh, happening over and over again, where you come close to uh, finding something in the academic field, and then sort of things disappear. Uh, so my approach was to go uh, you know full. Uh, Know, uh, uh, this, you know uh uh throated up to you know response to what we have developed and uh start a company and I was so glad when you know Greg came along and given all the expertise he has uh, i thought well that's that's the way to go it but i think uh, as you mentioned uh, the the signs uh, need to be solid uh, to do this uh and obviously the the investment people make and uh, obviously there are going to be some pickups on the way because we're transferring from, or knowledge from mice uh, to humans. But, you know, we have a way to figuring that out. And, and uh, the test uh, is on the way to figure out, you know, what we need to do and how we can you know, make this happen.
1: Yeah, great. So, uh, Greg mentioned uh, that uh, Yuva is doing some, Clinical trials at uh, to test uh, your compound as a cosmeceutical, so maybe Greg, you could share with us this whole uh, process of finding uh, a CRO to do this kind of work. I think that's something that's not caught, <laughs> I, I I think uh, in most in most sort of fields.
2: Sure, sure, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no. So we, we we had to look at a number of different. CROs and 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 compare them, and there was a, a a wide range that we looked at, both in terms of cost and also in terms of expertise in the field. Uh, so we ended up settling on uh, uh, two CROs that are uh, experts specifically, in one in hair and one in skin. So so uh, uh, they're 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 both, Different CROs that they're actually you know specialists and <laughs> subspecialists and, and and of course uh, so we ended up picking the ones that are that are, are specialized uh, in in the exact area that we need uh, and 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 so that was uh, you know an important process to make sure that we have the right partners and uh, and and we'll be and we'll get you know solid data uh, while while also being at a reasonable cost of course and. We we you know uh, we obviously can't can't afford to spend millions of dollars on it.
1: True, true. Uh, you, can you share roughly how much uh, a trial like this would would cost if I was an entrepreneur trying to do something similar?
2: Uh, we we can't because unfortunately our, oh. our agreements with them are, are are confidential. So so you know we 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 can't share those those details publicly.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. Good point. Okay, so let's, let's continue onwards. Um, so I guess my next question would be for uh, Kashav. So one of the interesting things about longevity biotechnology uh, startups is they're trying to reverse aging, right? But aging isn't like a, a uh, approved indication uh, by the FDA. So usually what happens is you have to choose some sort of other you know, approved indication that is related to aging. So I was just wondering other than of course you know hair loss and skin aging how do you decide on what the best indication should be for your for your uh, for your compound or your 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 mechanism
3: Yeah so you know as you can see we are targeting more at uh, the health span than the life span and obviously if we have good health lifespan will extend so what we uh, are looking at is the how we can improve mitochondrial function. So as people age, and uh, you know in certain tissues, what you find that there is a loss of mitochondrial function, and the one we uh, easily you know, targetable is the depletion of mitochondrial DNA. So over 10-year period, you lose about 10 molecules of mitochondrial DNA, why and how we, you know, I don't think people know, but that's been reported in large epidemiologist studies national Institute of aging. So the goal is uh, where ever in whatever tissue uh, there is a dysfunction and uh, easily targetable thing for us is the, the mitochondrial DNA content uh, that actually when you reduce that leads to dysfunction. So we have a cell based assay uh, in we can you know be we, we are doing that. then obviously we can test that very quickly in the preclinical model. and now the this platform we have the the beauty of the system is that we can target any tissue, any cell type uh, in in this vice. So we can go after not only skin, we can go after epidermis of the skin, we can go through fibroblasts of the skin or we can go dermis or or so forth. So I think there no, it's not going to be all improving mitochondrial dysfunction cure for all, but for most uh, tissues and and uh, aging associated dysfunctions, I'm pretty optimistic that this this thing will work. Uh, one thing I also wanted to mention is that besides the skin wrinkle and hair loss, we have published a paper and and very strong evidence that as people age, uh, they uh, tend to uh, get the hyper and hypopigmentation, which is described as senile lentigens. So you get the skin, and also, and go out in sun, you get freckles. So what we discovered was that uh, that these mice also saw uh, sign of senile lentigens. So you see hyper and hypopigmentation. That paper is out. So this will be another thing. You know, we will be discovered first that there's a mitochondrial dysfunction associated with it, and now we will, you know, try to improve that as well. Uh, that could be simply due to exposure to UV because mitochondrial DNA is not repaired by, uh, you know, any mechanism which, you know, UV induces uh, the damage. So we will we will be going after uh, that as well. But in, in, at the end, I think it's improving the mitochondrial function is what i think the key is uh, or at least uh, uh, what we are doing
1: mm-hmm. so when you're thinking about like pharmaceutical um products and running a trial for like a, an fda trial for a certain disease um do you how do you think about which uh, indication in in pharma uh, that you would choose for for these uh, yeah
3: yeah so so, so we have done targeted study of the FDA approved drugs, uh, and one uh, low hanging fruit is the is the uh, drugs which are improved for neurological disorders. So, you know, or something similar to it, and see whether we can, you know, uh, find something interesting whether that FDA approved drug alone or in combination with what we are discovering. Uh, can improve uh, whatever that function may be in neurological disorders or including actually in 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 you know in, in cancer as well but but there are indications where some of the drugs uh, seem to be working through the mitochondrial pathway they just don't know uh, and they are using it for you know treatment of different diseases
1: mm-hmm. yeah okay that's cool um okay so moving along uh, I guess the next question I want to ask is for Greg when when you're uh raising money for uh, a company like this you know it, reversing aging and um it's a, it's kind of out there I guess so what was your strategy for you know pitching investors what kind of investors were you looking for Maybe you can just tell us what that process was like
2: Sure sure definitely so
1: so so I mean of course of course we
2: talked about reversing aging but we also focused quite a lot on the near term product potential and, and 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 very specifically on the on the case for those near term products so you know so, so slowing down aging is is a you know again a much much longer term proposition but the uh, cosmeceutical products uh, that, that that we've talked about for skin and and hair have the potential to go to market in in the you know in in, a, in the very short term. Uh, uh, so once once results are seen in the human trials, basically. So 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 those are products that can can go to market very quickly and then have a huge market because you know even though it's even though it's not curing a disease or curing aging, uh, you know people spend tens of billions of dollars a year on. Uh, uh, making skin look better and 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 making hair look better. Uh, plus, it's an area where there uh, is is a need for science based products that 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 are effective. Because you know most most anti aging skin creams you know don't 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 really do much and are mostly based in marketing. Uh, but again, still sell tens of billions of dollars a year, and most of them have the same ingredients that they've had for you know. Ten or twenty years, so uh, so there, it's been quite a while since anything new and effective was really discovered. And the same thing in in hair loss, you know, the two incumbents in the field are minoxidil, which is Rogaine, and finasteride, which is uh, Propecia, and they have both been around for 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 a long time, and uh, both of them have drawbacks uh, in terms of side effects, uh, uh, which limit their market size. So. Uh, So so there's a lot of need uh, in both of those markets, Uh, unmet need and a a product that can be applied topically uh, without side effects uh, would would clearly have have a a tremendous market. So that's something that, you know, again, that the investors are are very interested in uh, and, and seeing that there there is there is potential for return uh, in the short term while working on the longer term uh, larger goals of, of slowing down uh, 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 slowing down aging and other tissues and improving health span uh, and targeting other other indications that will take longer
1: mm-hmm yeah so one of your investors is uh, longevity tech fund which we actually had on the show a couple of weeks ago but um, I was just wondering, in terms of the types of investors that approached you or you approached them, was it mostly people who were interested in longevity? Was it biotech? Was it uh, cosmetic companies? Like, um, who were you pitching, <laughs> I guess? Right. right. So so it's really it's really a mix.
2: Uh, it's really a mix. So so we, we certainly talked to a number of people and funds in the in the longevity field and and if, and of course you know ended up mutually mutually deciding on uh longevity tech fund which is a a, a great fund as i'm sure you, you heard a, a couple weeks ago uh we we've also also talked extensively to people in the and, and funds in the cosmetics field and and in the uh, biotech field uh, as as well so it's, it's really a mix because we kind of sit at the intersection of 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 all three of those so so it's it's not it's not just one but a mix of all three
1: yeah that's great okay so i guess uh moving on we just have a, a couple more minutes before we're going to open the floor for uh audience questions but um i just wanted to know uh is there anything that we can do to help you guys is there something that you would like to put out there to the audience to um uh, maybe some if you're hiring, or if you're also raising more money, or anything that uh, you would like to uh, put out as a notice. Uh, I guess now is the time to just uh, to say it. <laughs> sure, sure. So yeah, we're we're
2: we're not currently hiring, but uh, but but in the in the future we will be be again. You know, especially for people in the mitochondrial science field. And uh, of course, once the product is coming out, then then people with experience in the cosmeceuticals field uh, as as well, uh, we we do get lots and lots of inquiries from people about whether they can join the join the human trials. Uh, unfortunately, the answer is no. It's uh, yeah, we, you know they're being conducted in a in a specific location uh, with with specific criteria, uh, and and so we we, we can't uh, you know we we we, we can't uh, add anybody to those, but. Uh, uh, uh but, but but we're we're very we're very happy to see all the interest uh from 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 people you know emailing us through the website and uh coming up to us on the on the street even uh asking if they can join the human trials so so that's again i think a great great sign of the the demand and need for the pro um but uh yeah so i mean we're we're certainly we're 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 we still we're still open to a little more investment in the seed round uh and uh, to the extent that anybody has any uh, uh, connections to companies you know especially in the cosmeceuticals field you know we love love introductions in that
1: in that area great kashav is there anything that uh, you would like to put out there
3: no, i don't think I, I have much to add uh, other than that as a as a scientist i can say that uh You know, mitochondria matters. Uh,
1: People should take care of their mitochondria as, as uh, nicely as they can. Okay, great. So we'll open up for questions now, Robert, did you want to take over? And then maybe at the end, uh, in 20 minutes or so, after the questions, we'll just wrap it up with um, a couple uh, lightning round questions to to close the the talk today. So uh, Robert,
0: you want to moderate? Yeah, sure, I, I do also have a, a number of questions myself, but I'll, I'll uh, wait for anyone who wants, please just raise your hand, we'll bring you up. Uh, once again, we are recording this, so if you do come up, you're consenting that we can use your voice and uh, image in the recording. But please come up and uh, feel free to ask uh, whatever's on your mind to our uh, our guests here. This is a very interesting, uh, uh, background, by the way, uh, Greg and Kishav, I, I confess that uh, Nathan has been leading this. Of course, uh, I, I didn't know very much about uh, your uh, company or, or what you've done prior to the call. So I have a question, I guess, if nobody's coming up. Uh, you guys are based in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, do you see any uh challenges or differences uh of war- of establishing a biotech company there as opposed to one of the major hubs like san francisco boston san diego and is the remote work trend
3: uh impacting greg you want to comment on that
2: sure sure yeah so so i i mean we 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 made that decision before the before the pandemic and uh before the remote work trend so 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 really i mean really we we saw a number of uh, uh pluses and in, in being first first of all of course it's uh uh it's it's where keshav and his and his lab are so that's essential uh and and we were able to open up the company lab just down the street from from Keshav's university lab and uh, one of our one of our uh, 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 clinical trial, not clinical trial, but one of our um, uh, uh, research CROs is is down the street as well. Uh, so so it's it's actually a very good area that has a lot of effort and growth in the entrepreneurship area. So the company lab is headquartered at the Innovation Depot, which is a, a, a great startup site uh, with with lots and lots of startups. Uh, uh uh in 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 birmingham and uh so we've 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 found uh found many advantages to being in the in the in the birmingham area and and in terms of recruiting you know the 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 quality uh quality of life and cost of living is is very attractive so uh uh you know keshav can comment more 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 on more on that but uh you know so that that, that also helps to, to have people move to a place that. Uh, you know, is not as 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 crowded and expensive as the hubs
3: yeah i I agree with uh, Greg what uh, you know I have moved around from uh, uh, Boston to Baltimore to Buffalo to Birmingham, so it's all bees. so I have a very good taste of uh, what big city like Boston or Baltimore uh, feel like, but I think i what we find is that that uh, it's a small town but it's a big university. Uh, the university is very well known. And uh, we have a, a mixture of expertise. If we need to go out and and hire some people or get some uh, collaboration uh, in, uh, on behalf of the company, that's also very very easy. And then having the Southern Research Institute, which is one of the the only non-profit Southern uh, profit drug discovery institute uh, in the country. So having to you know work with them and and getting things moving uh, in our uh in a pipeline that's also very attractive uh in terms of living you know you can and that's what that's the selling point is uh in fact when i came to birmingham i wasn't looking for a job but then when i came here you know they are back of appalachian mountains uh only three hours drive from to from here to the beach so and 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 given the science and university i think that's uh seemed to work very well for biotech and startups and as well as in recruiting
0: yeah. Thanks. Can you clarify? Uh, just you said there was a nonprofit institute, one of the only ones in the country. Can you just repeat what yeah, it was? Yeah. So,
3: so Southern Southern uh, 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 Southern Institute is the nonprofit uh, drug discovery institute. Southern
0: Institute. Southern. Yeah. Southern Institute. It's
3: called Southern Research Institute, eh? SRI.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Um, so we do have a couple of people on the panel just joined here. Um, Over for uh, at uh, UCSF, we have Andrew Brack. Uh, Welcome to the stage. And
4: uh, what would you like to ask? Great. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Nathan. And nice to meet you, uh, Greg. and Um, So um, at the start of the talk, we were talking about mitochondrial function. I guess, could you drill down a little bit on what you mean by mitochondria and how you're thinking about that through the company lens? Is it on energetics? fusion, fission, what sort of aspects of mitochondria do you think are going to be important for aging? So
3: obviously energetic part is is one big element of that, but we certainly look at the fission and fusion, and when it comes down to looking at those uh, enzymatic activities, so the lower of the mitochondria uh, can be, as you may know, measured by the OXFOS measurement, but I think the and also the, the, you know, the senescence, which we want to improve uh, senescence cells by the storing mitochondrial function. So, I mean, mitochondria is, is, may mean a lot of things. Uh, and eventually what we want to do is look at overall health of the mitochondria, look at the fission infusion, look at the mitochondrial DNA content, look at the activity measurement, and then we go down, uh, down the uh, further to figure out what else it might means in terms of the retrograde regulation uh, to the nucleus then is outside the mito outside the cell uh, and so forth so we have a plan first we look at the restoration uh, at the oxpas level uh, obviously the energetic level and the uh, and efficient infusion part of it and then we go further and, and obviously the senescence uh,
4: as well. Great. Thank you. Could I ask another question while I'm not? Um, so, so obviously aging, as you mentioned, mitochondria is one of the hallmarks of aging and sort of it's at, uh, certainly gained popularity and it's both understanding and importance of aging. How do you see this as a company of sort of maintaining the competitive advantage with all the other companies that are sort of working on mitochondria and aging? How, or do you do you not well, consent? How do you view that as a sort of is maintaining an advantage or just getting there faster?
3: Well, obviously we we are here to compete, and we have certain advantages with the, the platform we have developed and continue to work and improve on it. But what I see that the, our competitors uh, and they are not particularly look so they are looking at longevity, uh, and uh, longevity is a different uh, you know beast altogether. So for example, you know, David Sinclair company they looked in the biosciences, they have one portfolio looking at how mitochondria can improve longevity, uh, you know, uh, stealth bio looking at mitochondrial diseases. Some of them are rare diseases. Then you have mitochondria looking at, uh, uh, actually, uh, it's a neurological disorder, I believe Alzheimer. So there's, there's a whole different aspect of uh in uh, in this area where people are looking at it and i think there's a room for almost everybody because this got started just four or five years ago so, uh, but we have you know that one
2: yeah exactly uh, i think this this is still this is still a new uh, a new area uh you know if you look at you know uh other other startup Areas like you know software as a service, you might in in some some areas you'll find you know fifty companies, fifty startups, you know trying to do almost exactly the same thing, uh, uh, you know. Whereas in 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 the in, in this longevity field and and specifically in mitochondrial science, you know obviously we're 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 all very excited that that the field has grown a lot over the last few years, but it's still at the beginning stages, so there there isn't isn't much competition yet uh you know we're we're the only one we know of doing uh doing doing taking our approach uh uh and you know in the in the in the in in the future you know we you know we we certainly hope the mitochondrial science field continues to grow and have more startups and you know the efforts of people like like nathan should should help with that so we really see that. Uh, you know at this stage of growth. It's it's just beneficial to everybody the more startups are formed and the more uh, the more attention that is brought to the field
4: Yeah, I I would agree with you Greg. I think there's lots of space um, And it seems so far that everyone is sort of very supportive of each other as well, which is really nice yep, yep, yep. Thank you
0: Thanks, and next we have uh, Carmen Sherlock from the UK um, and I have a question actually following uh, that uh, that place where Angie said Cameron, uh welcome. What's your question?
5: Um, thank you. And uh, Greg and Keshav, uh, thank you very much for, for the um, discussion so far. It's, um, it's very interesting. Um, I um, was interested in the following. Um, you mentioned that uh, you are looking to position yourself in the cosmeceutical space or um, the products that you will hope to launch um, early on will will perhaps be um, in that market or or near it. Um, I was wondering um, how you see the existing uh, communication, uh, marketing communication in that space, um, which, uh, to my impression anyway, uh, tends to be to already include um, scientific sounding or quasi-scientific claims often. Um, And of course, it's very varied um, depending on whether I suppose one looks at products from uh, big players, from uh, large uh, cosmetics manufacturers with with large scientific budgets through to um, new entrants through to perhaps um, niche scientific players. But do you plan to differ uh, in tone uh, when um, hopefully you launch your product uh, from the rest of the space and in what way? Um, and how far do you expect uh, scientific results to be uh, front and center of of what you will communicate without, of course, uh, being in the way? Um, And and do you think you might be in any way held back by the history of of that field and and by the fact that these claims are currently perhaps um, cheapened by by the lack of genuine science behind them and, and the assumption, in British terms, I suppose this would be described as uh, a mere advertising puff, uh, at least in in legal contexts.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, will. Uh,
5: so we are Right. Aware right. Of that, oh, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. In some of those cases, I have
3: uh, watched it closely what's happening and how it's stepped up. And as you're saying, quasi science. Our our goal is to uh, differ from those uh, you know those companies and the products and do the real science and. And obviously, you know, when it's setting up to do the clinical trials, the preclinical clinical trials, and you know, then then we go to the market. And I think I will let
5: uh,
3: uh, Greg uh, more uh, elaborate on that. But Greg, are you there?
2: Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah, so, so thank, yeah. Thanks, Chef. So, so yeah. I mean, your, your question is very, very valid, and 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 of course, you know, we we plan to differentiate ourselves you know again with with deep scientific backing but you know as you noted you know we we're up up against a lot of marketing puffery uh so you know we we, we plan to take a couple approaches i mean one is that we, we are considering you know two different routes to market one is with uh, bringing a product to market ourselves and a second is by partnering with Large companies uh, in the field that do have large marketing budgets, and 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 licensing the technology to them, uh, so that they can bring it to market with their channels, and uh, and 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 that would help help cut through the noise. Uh, in that case, uh, plus I think there's a growing awareness among consumers of the of, to you know to to to, to look for uh, truly effective products. And uh, we've even started talking to people in the in the in the skincare field who who have started to do their own research into mitochondrial science and understand mitochondrial function and and are starting to become interested in products that can uh, uh, help improve mitochondrial function. So 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 I think the, uh, the, 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 the there there is a desire for uh, uh, for for real science based. Products, but but of course you're right. It is a challenge to fight against the uh, uh, fight against the products that are only based on puffery.
5: And, and perhaps if I may uh, just by way of follow up. Um, so so do you um, imagine this to emerge? And perhaps it is it has already emerged. And and I'm just not sufficiently informed. But um, do you envisage that there will emerge a, a new category um, that will be the sort of scientific? Uh, cosmetics, and I was just looking up earlier as we, uh, as, as I was listening to you, um, the FDA's um, statement on its website that that the term cosmeceutical has no meaning under the law. Um, do you um, feel that any such emergence of a category will be helped or not helped by express regulation in the US or or, or anywhere else?
2: Yeah. So, so that that's correct. So, yeah, cosmeceutical has has no uh, legal meaning uh, at the at the current time, and cosmeceuticals are are unregulated. You know, I think that uh, you're right. If, if 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 more regulations emerge, and and they must be backed by by more scientific, that would only uh, help us. You know, given that we are already doing that scientific study and doing the preclinical and clinical trials, so the fact that we have that uh uh have that system set up and are already doing it would would, would that, that would only help us to the extent that that was was required uh you know at the moment it's it's optional and and we're uh you know that the feedback we've gotten is that it's you know, more and more unusual the the extent of, of of trials that we're doing
5: um thank you that's very helpful um if i may just say it's probably a, a situation uh, in 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 kind of aging and longevity it seems like uh, one common and well-founded gripe is that, that the um, uh, regulators may not be um, that, that the existing toolbox of regulators is just not very well suited to longevity um, products and research but um, in your case you might have the opportunity of uh, uh, encouraging regulators to create uh, new regulation that that will uh, suit your your particular area.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yes. All right. Thanks for coming. Uh, I'm afraid uh, we are very close to the top of the hours. So, Nathan. Um, Actually, maybe we should ask uh, Keshav and Greg, do you do you have a, a time to go a little bit over time or shall we uh, at least uh, get lightning around and, and wrap well, up the I have no problem, I'll just stay on, a problem.
2: Sure, it's okay. Okay,
0: uh, Nathan, uh, I guess we, we have a, a little bit more time for some more questions. Um, Cameron, thanks for that. That's a very interesting point. And I guess coming from your more legal background, uh, this this sounds like an area that that perhaps uh you and others with legal expertise can uh can help in in this capacity uh regulatory uh factors are are a very big deal in the longevity uh well not just the longevity space but the biotech generally or biopharma generally so uh yeah absolutely that's that's uh something that uh maybe maybe other people in in law can come in and and make a difference here uh if i may just add to this the um book merchants of immortality i think by stephen s hall which uh, do- documents or traces the history of most of the field at least from uh, around 1975 to 2000. uh mike west is a central character in that book uh the second half almost the full second half of the book uh, from my recollection of reading it is is largely going into minutiae of, of the regulatory and legal aspects it's actually kind of dry reading <laughs> because it's so dense um and deals with these issues uh myself i have to go and reread that part uh, after studying uh, or educating myself on on the regulatory aspects more so it's a very big deal uh if i can ask a follow-up question sort of to what andrew was saying um on on what aspects of uh of mitochondria do you think will be important uh energetics fusion etc and uh obviously that they're one of the hallmarks and uh, i think you even used the phrasing gaining in popularity um can I ask, uh, Keshav or, you know, Greg also, if you know, um, is there to your knowledge, any example of a sort of uh roadmap for research and development in the mitochondrial therapeutics domain? Also there's a, an upcoming, uh, significant, uh, industry event at the end of the month, the mitochondrial targets, is anyone going to be discussing something like that there?
3: Yeah, so I can comment on that. I've been working with Hanson Wade uh, from last six months or so to develop that conference on mitochondrial targeted therapeutics. So we are uh, presenting. Actually, I am I am talking about UI and I'm also leading a symposium on uh, coronavirus uh, hijacking of mitochondria and how that leads to mortality in old age uh, individuals and, and those who have uh, secondary, uh, mitochondrial diseases like diabetes and things. So, yeah, so that that's going to be exciting. And there seem to be many of the mitochondria players from, uh, that's where this health bio is, uh, Covar is, and, and, uh, many other companies there. So I'm looking forward to presenting, uh, I think that's next 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, so 27th is the one where I, I lead, the, the mitochondrial hijacking, uh, part of the symposium and how that we can help uh, improve the COVID-19, uh, maybe long haulers uh, in terms of looking at their uh, mitochondrial function. So uh, in terms of the you know, you asked about well, what is the most important function uh, relevant to uh, reversing aging or age age related? And that's where I think it gets. And that's where I got in trouble when I started my career. Uh, everyone used to think that well mitochondria equals energy and that's it, you know, but mitochondria are there are 256 different cell types and mitochondrial function is different from different tissues. So but for example, when you have 5 million mitochondria in human blue side, why there is so many of them? What do they do? Why? What happens during the atresia? We don't know that. Uh, then same thing in, in the context of, you know, structure, and the function is different from different tissues. But if you look at the same mitochondria and estroglial cells, they seem to be triangular. Uh, what is the purpose of those triangular mitochondria? So there's a lot for us to learn. And and I think the platform we have developed, we can uh, at least get some answers. So uh, if we go uh, cell type is specific cell type, knocking down the mitochondrial function, and then trying to explore what it means. So in the at the moment, what we're looking at is the uh, uh, there are two types of tissues: uh, hypertrophy and hypertrophy. so in this mouse model, we get something you know the organ get bigger and in one case it shrinks. So we trying to figure out what that means in terms of uh, uh the cross between the mitochondria and the nucleus so there's a lot more to learn uh, certainly, in the case of the skin uh, uh, the, the energetics is part of it, but the signaling uh is one of the part of it and one of the major players appears to be inflammation which we published in 2018 uh that how that leads to certain types of uh uh, inflammatory markers going up which are obviously related to aging phenotype
0: that's very interesting so uh if i can just follow up here did i hear that correctly you said five million mitochondria in human oocytes yeah Is it possible that the oocytes, if if I'm not mistaken, my biology here, the reason there are so many is because these are sitting dormant for many years until conception occurs. And so there's a a very high redundancy. I remember uh, some years ago at a, uh, it was actually a Cafe CNTP event where a researcher was discussing how one of the reasons for birth defects in uh, in older women, the children of older women, is that the chromosome separation at uh, uh, like shortly after conception doesn't occur completely or as completely, and so leads to mutations in the chromosome and other such uh, things. And this is driven by, uh, uh, you know, the mitochondria not, you know, the, the, the separation machinery not getting enough energy, not getting enough, um, input somehow it's like you know it's it's kind of like a battery sitting on the shelf for many many years it's not going to have as much juice as uh, as one that's that's been freshly manufactured and, and is used relatively quickly so perhaps perhaps the reason for uh, the very high mitochondria counting sites is, is that uh, it, it's attempting to provide redundancy well
3: very very likely but you know the, in the context of direct proof because there are a lot of hypotheses uh, that that this can happen but there is uh, is no direct proof of of you know, why there are so many and what they really do. One direct proof we provided in, in the business uh, many years ago, as you just talked about that, you know, the, the children of older women uh, and, you know, you have Down syndrome and others. So what, what we shown was that where we can disrupt mitochondrial function, you lead to this and this is all done in cells. So you know, take a grain of salt that they leads to chromosomal aneuploidy, so you have a loss and gain of chromosomes. And that was driven by SMC protein, which is the structural maintenance of chromosome. And that particular protein requires, as you mentioned, uh, requires energy. So ATP is certainly required for the segregation of chromosome and there are proteins uh, which are highly uh, demanding of you know, ATP. So that's likely that, that happens. But you know we need uh, obviously a good model system, uh, a good you know cellular system, and then we look look at how we can go after re-screening some of the you know drugs to find out how we can you know fix some of these things. Uh,
0: very interesting. If, if I can follow this up, if again, if anyone has any questions, please please come up. Um, there is a very interesting idea that is being pursued by at least one other company. Um, centara i think that's the name over in in switzerland that was recently formed and uh they are pursuing the idea potential of artificial chromosomes so a question uh for for you here has anyone thought of perhaps having artificial mitochondria uh
3: i have not well, yes, I have been thinking about it uh, in many, many different ways. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, we, those are the you know. At the moment, uh, we get more funding, we will branch out and go to the you know. One is the cosmetical part, another go to the pharmacological part. Uh, and so, you know, there are those certainly. You know, I have ideas uh, how we how we can do it
0: so you, you've you've at least thought about this a little bit before uh, obviously right now it's still science fiction but but it's 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 on your uh, radar
3: exactly exactly uh, but you know with with all the new technologies you know present and you know, going to be in the future i think I would not be surprised that this can be done because uh, there i mean i said there have some ideas how we can uh, you know make a a bio factory
0: All right, uh, I, I do have more questions, but uh, Nathan, do you want to, anything more from your side or, or comment, Andrew, anyone else in the room?
1: Um, actually, I do have I do have a question for Kashav. So Kashav, this is, uh, I believe Uva is your first startup. Is that correct?
3: Uh, it is, I actually, <laughs> that's interesting. So I had a, a run on some of these things early on. So this is, so many years ago, I had started a company called Genetic Odyssey, I'm talking about is 2000. Uh, and this was just like, I was having fun how to figure out, you know, human migration. And if you give me your spit, I can tell you where you come from. Uh, and at the time, I, I was involved with uh, I think National Geography and IBM were putting together. Uh, and and uh, it just didn't, I, I did not have Greg. Uh, to help me out on that. So it was only became an academic exercise. Uh, we developed a software called Mytologia, it's still on my website. So basically going after the human em- and the migration and after that you can follow disease and, and all other things in, in population. But then came along, uh, you know, ancestry.com. So I said, okay, I think uh, I'm done with it. Mm, okay,
1: cool. So I guess this is the first startup that, you know, you've gone and Built up and did all the funding stuff and, and exactly
3: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so uh, maybe I'll ask you um what was your impression of you know doing the academic as uh, sorry, sorry doing the academic to you know industry switch uh, before you did YUVA and then maybe how has your opinion maybe changed or maybe what surprises or new things did you learn about uh. Industry and biotech in general, uh, doing by uh, when you um, built out yuva
3: So, so my uh, no, so even being in academic uh, field, my interest has been very broad, uh, not only in the case of mitochondria mitochondrial biology, just in, in general. So, uh, I always had a you know entrepreneurial you know interest uh, to how we can make things happen, what we discover. And 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 as you can see that when I started this uh, Society for Mitochondrial Research and Medicine in India and all of that, that was a drive to make sure that, you know, we are heard uh, and the patients are heard who have mitochondrial primary diseases and all that. But uh, what I had to do is in the last 18 months since I met Greg, I uh, learned very quickly the, the biotechnology part of it, uh, the business part of it, uh, how to go about uh, making things simple. So your investors can understand and, and trying to expand that more when necessary when they want to know more as you had uh, one of the questioners here. So uh, but I think at the moment, you need to, for me, was a need to drive, you need the urge to have the fire in the belly. And uh, if you have that, I think that that will continue. And you will not uh, sort of be disappointed or, or discouraged or you know or you know depressed if one day or something happens uh, so be, i just uh, uh you know have that uh uh also the drive and having greg as a partner has been very productive because uh uh you know greg is you know serial entrepreneur and uh, you know he he takes it to you know uh, from where you know i can't and uh, so we good 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 team. And I think that that's probably very important in starting, uh, especially what what happens in the academic field, that we go so much after how things work and and all the mechanistic detail and everything else. And at the end of it, you know, developing a product which does certain things. Uh, in this case, you know, improve the, the skin and color. You know.
1: Great. Yeah. So Robert. Do you uh, have any other questions or should we wrap up to the lightning round and then uh, close for today?
0: I have many questions, but maybe I can pull one uh, one question, one last question for me for now. Earlier in the Q&A here, we uh in the conversation here. We, we were discussing or you were discussing the uh, idea that I think, Nathan, I think you brought this up. So. Uh, It's good to focus on skin aging and things like that because if it can if if, uh, rejuvenation of the skin can be done that will convince people be very convincing because it's visible is it possible that skin aging or any other particular aging in any other particular organ cannot be separated from the aging of the rest of the body as a whole in other words if, if so then age reversal in just the skin is not really uh something that is feasible
3: uh it, it's likely not because uh, so there are two approaches we're taking. One, obviously, it was the the whole animal knockdown of mitochondrial function and you see the skin wrinkle hair loss. Now with the, you know, going after particularly the skin specific knockdown of the mitochondrial function, we can separate that and answer that question. Uh,
0: okay uh yeah so th- that's it for me uh, for for now uh nathan uh i guess go ahead with the closing questions and we'll, we'll wrap it up for now
1: okay great yeah let's um let's just do a, a quick couple of questions these are lightning round questions so you can try and answer in a sentence or less and these are for greg and kashav so uh number one question that we like to ask uh, all the longevity biotech companies and the founders, uh how long do you want to live? Greg yeah. <laughs> Uh as, as as long as
2: possible if it's uh if if it's in, in good health.
1: In Kashaf? I'll say
3: that no, as long as I'm healthy. So health is is very important. Uh, to go with
1: together with the, uh, the, the life span. Great, great, yes, I totally agree. Okay, uh, and the next lightning round question, uh, who would you like to see us get on the Longevity Biotech show?
3: Hmm. I would say Bill Gates. Bill Gates,
1: yeah. Yeah, very good.
3: Is Bill Gates? No, he's in the sixties. Like, <laughs> wow! He will a great contribution.
0: That, that, I got to say, that's uh, so far we've we've gotten uh, Joe Biden as as the highest uh, profile uh, uh, aspirational guest. So uh, yeah, this this will give Joe Biden a run for his money. Yes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, can can I uh, get a? Copy or a link to the Joe Biden's,
0: uh, you know? Oh no, yeah, no, we, we didn't we didn't get him yet. No, but but we had Aubrey de Grey who requested or when we responded to this question said Joe Biden very quickly. You know, in other words, to try to get the administration. Oh, to... okay. Actually, I
3: was going yeah. to say Aubrey de Grey, but I think uh, Bill Gates and you know would be and
2: I, I, certainly I think sure uh, and you and you could you uh, could uh, the, was, the the head of the National Institute of Aging. Yeah. Of
3: okay. Francis Collins.
0: All right so these are big big names uh Kashav we already had Aubrey on our uh on our show here like I think a month ago uh we got to put up the first very crude recording that we did but you can listen to that and mm-hmm. uh the head of the Francis Collins yeah that yeah I mean um I think Felipe Sierra former head of uh, or involved with the NIA uh while I was at Genentech he he um He was actually on campus at one point, Uh, he was doing a lot of work on his end to try to unify the, um, basically all the different uh, major focus areas of NIH, because there are all these uh, age-related diseases that have their own uh, organizations and funding. And the one common thing amongst them is aging and the the NIA itself uh, allocates a very small amount of, uh comparatively amount of money to basic biology of aging and much more to all of the age-related diseases themselves so uh so yeah uh, nathan what, what do you think do we have a chance of getting uh,
1: bill gates on uh, on our show here
0: uh, i hope
1: so <laughs> bill gates uh from what i've heard has been a little dismissive of the idea of um, you know longevity biotechnology but uh, he's, he's a very big proponent of Alzheimer's research, which I think is very much just a, a subset of longevity. Well, uh, the
3: mitochondria piece, I think, is supporting mitochondria. Uh, is that what I heard? But you know, just just going, you know, and maybe be not relevant to uh, what we're talking about, but. But uh, you know, when Obama was president, uh, together with the mitochondrial disease organization and us and others, we tried to convince uh, that we need a, a, a institute for mitochondrial medicine. The idea behind was that when you go to a nephrologist and, and uh, you know eye specialist and heart specialist, they tend to see those things, organs, as as they one system only. And when it comes to the diagnosis of the mitochondrial diseases, and that actually relates directly to the aging related diseases, as you see that aging related disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of that. but many of the mitochondrial component doesn't care. It's not a one mitochondrial disease. It's a multisystem disorder in the primary mitochondrial patients. So we tried to, uh, actually, mm-hmm. or uh, several thousand, are, you know, signatures and all that we had. But then, you know, when Obama came in, uh, it became, uh, uh, you know, that uh, economic, you know, issues came on. And and I think there is a need, and I would say even go further, you know, we need a human energy project. And that that will at least help in many different ways in terms of the longevity.
0: Can you repeat that just to make it a bit more clear? A
3: human, what did you say? Human Human energy project. Energy project? Yeah.
0: Human energy project.
3: Yeah, in a big way.
0: Okay, so this would be similar to the Brain Initiative.
3: Well similar to the genome project.
0: Similar to the yeah, genome Project,
3: brain one can call it, but uh but certainly the energy project will cut across all all organs.
0: That's very interesting. That that relates to uh what I was suggesting earlier with the roadmap could could potentially be uh dovetail with that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, uh, I just want to be mindful of the time since we've gone over by quite a bit. Uh, Greg and Kashav have been very generous with their time and I just want to thank them again for coming on our show and sharing their experiences of uh, of building uh, Uva Biosciences. And um, as they said before, uh, they're not hiring now, but uh, maybe in the near future, they'll be looking to hire uh, people who are familiar with um, uh, mitochondrial science and uh, the cosmetics industry uh and uh, we look forward to the results of their clinical trial and all the other uh, developments in their pipeline so once again uh greg and uh kashav oh yes and i also forgot uh, they are currently uh, uh raising money i believe they said uh, they're oversubscribed but maybe maybe they- <laughs> if you have a chance you can connect with them if you're interested but uh, yeah, so once again, thank you, Greg and uh, Kashav, for coming on the show.
3: Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. And thanks, Robert. I really appreciate it. It's it's
0: fun. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, Nathan, we uh, we don't we don't have too many people left here, but uh, just to to let everyone know who's still listening, um, uh, next week we will have. Jean-Hubert, uh, researcher at, I uh, it was Einstein, uh, in, in New York, right? Um, yeah. so he'll be talking about his brain replacement uh, work. And uh, to stay uh, informed for uh, what's what's going on with our lineup, uh, Longevity News Generally, uh, follow us on the app here on Twitter, and you can sign up to Nathan's newsletter at longevitymarket.com. All right. So, uh, thanks again, uh, Greg Schaff uh, Nathan, I, I guess, uh, the, our, our little, uh, setup here worked reasonably well, <laughs> uh, given, uh, for, for Kishav to go on zoom, um, should we close out the room and then you can open it up? Uh, I'll close the recording also, and we can open up a separate one for the open-ended chat.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's close the room now and we can always create one afterwards. Okay.
3: Thanks everyone. Well, thank you bye Thanks. Thank you.